You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Heading into the 2021 baseball season, there were 180 players to play for at least 10 years in Major League Baseball and spend their entire careers with one team. Six of those were former Kansas City Royals, George Brett with 21 seasons, Frank White with 18, Paul Splitter 15, Alex Gordon 14, Dennis Leonard 12, and John Wathman 10. During the 2021 season, two more Royals joined the list, Salvador Perez and today's guest, Danny Duffy. Even though Danny was traded right before the trade deadline, an arm injury kept him from appearing for the Dodgers, so he's still on the list. Duffy has been a fan favorite his entire career, mostly because of his unabashed love for the Royals and the fans of Kansas City. He famously said back in 2017, when the Royals were rumored to be considering trading him, bury me a Royal. He ain't dead yet, so we're not going to worry about where he's buried or how he's buried, but it's a pleasure to welcome my friend Danny Duffy. Duff, welcome to Sports Connections. Thank you so much, man. It's just good to be a part of this uh, this show. I'm very pleased to be on it. All right. Where, where did your love for the Royals and the city of Kansas City and especially the fans of the Royals come from? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different sources there, man. Um, from the minute that I set foot in in uh, in Kauffman Stadium, I felt like I was welcome. Um, you know, quirks and all. I know that there was a lot of uh, um, you know things coming up in the minor leagues that 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 people that we all deal with as a, as a core group. And um, you guys accepted each and every one of us from from day one, and we're excited at the at the prospect of this group that we came up with winning a world champion, a world championship. And ultimately we did. So, um, yeah, I think that just the amount of acceptance, the, the carefulness, the thoughtfulness of, of the city and just the way they rally behind us win, lose or draw, um, it's a really special place. You know, Danny, I've been part of Kansas city sports for more than 40 years. And one of the things that I've talked to a lot of players about, not only, you know, it, officially in my job, but my uncles were major league baseball agents. And so I had got to know a lot of ball players through the years as well. They talked about the fact that Kansas city allows you to be you maybe more than any other major league city. You're you go out to eat. People might say, Hey, Hey Danny, Hey Duff. They might even ask for an autograph, but they're going to let you be you. If you're with somebody, they're not going to bug you. How much of that, first of all, how unique is that? And how much does that build the love for the player back to the fans. I mean, it it's crazy. Obviously, I only had one, you know, introduction to the major to the major leagues, and it lasted yeah. for over a decade. Um, so I didn't know any different. Um, but but playing in a big market now, um, you know, you you see the eyes on people a lot more. Um, you see, you, you just see how it's, it it just plays different, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's comfortable for someone like me who, um, really values my privacy. Um, when, when I was in Kansas city, it, it, it means a lot that people respect you enough to kind of let you have a bite to eat with, with your friends or, um, you know, you go see, see a show or something, uh, at, at, uh, the, the T-Mobile center and, you know, they see you and, and you could tell that they recognize you and, yeah. you know, I, but they let you, they let you walk by or, you know, they say hello. And then that's it. Um, it's, it's cool, man. And I think people just understand that we're, we're, we're the same kind of, the same kind of people, the same kind of different. We just do a job that happens to be on TV every day. 
Um, so it's cool, man. It's, it's a great place. It's a humble town and, and I love it. And I'll always be a part of it in one way or another. Is that where the bury me a Royal idea came from? I mean, did, you didn't plan that. That just kind of, just kind of happened. Is that where that came from? Well, I think, uh, bury me a Royal. It just came up from a place of me being so excited to, you know, just see what was on the horizon, knowing that we were going to win, being foolish enough to, to think that we, we could bring home a world championship. Um, you know, my, 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 I have no siblings. So my teammates and my best friends are, are my brothers. I mean, that's just the way it is. And I feel that way about them. And I'd run through a brick wall for each and every one of them. Um, but one thing that I think goes by the wayside with that whole bury me a Royal thing in 2012 was there was this writer. I cannot remember his name. Um, but he was on Twitter. I tweeted that out and he goes, bury you with 40 million less dollars or something like that. Yeah. And then I, I tweeted back and I said, bury me with championships, keep the change. And it almost came true. The plural part of that, <laughs> but yeah. we got one, we got one. And well, I actually, still feel actually to correct you, you, what I saw was that that happened in 2017. So you did have a championship in your, in yeah. your hands at that point. Well, I actually tweeted that out initially in 2012 when I was oh. the ripe old age at 23 and it was right <laughs> out of spring training. That was my first time. And uh, okay. that was the first time tweeting that. So it came back around in 2017 when I was feeling kind of blue and um, thinking that I might have been traded. And, you know, Dayton Moore is the most loyal person on <laughs> that I've ever came across in baseball. And, you know, the least, one of the least transactional guys in the game. And he, st he stayed true. To, to my deal, regardless of all of my, you know, my flaws, my, uh, the, the off the field stuff. And, um, you know, he saw me through to, to really get to the point where I feel like I've got an idea of how to uh, operate in the big leagues after all this time. And I feel like I've really grown into be a man that I, I would hope that he would be proud of. Um, but yeah, man, it, uh, that, you know, all that aside, that stemmed back in 2012, that was almost 10 years ago. And that was a really, I love that, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not super duper petty by any means, but I love the fact that I tweeted that out and it came true with my guys, with my brothers. That's a, that's a, that's a big deal for me. All right. I, I, I sent you some questions ahead of time and, I, and this one was from way later, but I, I've got to ask you, were you surprised with the, American League Championship in 14 and the World Championship in 15? You know what? I, I wouldn't have put anything past us as a group just with, just with the amount of fight that we had. And, you know, you could say that and, you know, it sounds kind of, oh, okay, yeah, you guys were better than the 105 win Angels and the Orioles with Adam Jones and Manny Machado and that pitching staff. And, um, no, I absolutely – wholeheartedly believe what we were doing and you know when I really believed it more than anything was when Mike Moustakis was on the bus after we had just won that wild card game just hype out of his mind so hype and and he was talking about how nobody wants to play us like nobody wants to see us right now and that's I got goosebumps talking about it that was when we knew like yeah we're we're nobody to mess with and uh you know unfortunately we couldn't bring it home but the next year we proved that it wasn't a flaw and um, 14 still hurts because it would be real cool to have won it twice in a row, but everything happens for a reason, and we got the job done, and we brought it home for that city that we all love. You know, Danny, they're, they're, I've been in the, in the media. I've covered the Royals since 99. I've been part of Kansas City Sports Media for a lot of years. There were a bunch of us 
in the dugout before, I think it was before game one of the 14 World Series. And we talked about, did you really believe we would ever be here standing in this dugout for the Royals before a World Series game? And unanimously, the response was no. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't think it would happen. We loved the fact, you know, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit, even though I'm, I'm an unbiased sports writer, that I'm a Royals fan. I, I didn't go to opening day in 1969 because my parents believed in this thing called education. They made me go to school <laughs> that day, but I went as soon as I could. And I went to games all, all summer uh, in 69. So I've been a fan for a long time, but I really didn't believe strictly because of the economics of baseball that I'd ever be in the world, in the dugout prior to a world series game. And you're saying you guys did, you really did believe that. Oh Yeah. Uh, 110%. There, there was no doubt in our minds with everything that, that we had, all the knowledge we had accumulated together, all of the, the, the sweat, the blood, sweat and tears. I mean, all of it, everything that we went through as a group growing up, you know, having to grow up on the fly in front of seemingly the whole planet. This meant enough to us to, to know that regardless of what was on the other side, um, how much money was on the other side, how much talent was on the other side. We had more heart than anybody in the game mm. in those two years. And that was how that was how we felt. And that was how I still believe. Did you guys have as much fun as it appeared you were having? I mean, I, yeah. I've, I've got I've got friends who don't cover the game, who don't get to be in the clubhouse, who don't even get to talk to the manager on or the players on Zoom now who say, were they having as much fun? And I have to say, I think so, because I know you guys. I knew many of you very, very well. But I had to wonder, were you having as much fun as it appeared that you were? Oh, my gosh, man. Probably more. I mean, we had to kind of holster our emotions out on the field. So, you know, the guys, I mean, I, I honestly, I wasn't in the dugout for a lot of it. I think both run. I didn't get a single start, but I pitched out of the pin um, where I love pitching. And, uh, <laughs> uh you know, I didn't see a whole lot in the dugout, but after I had gotten done pitching and got my arm care done, came back out to the dugout, um, it was electric, man. And we, you know, if if anything, we were more excited than we appeared. That's that's awesome. I, You know, there's something about baseball that's not true in any other sport. Maybe it's the everyday side of it, but you can you can go a long way on positive uh, emotion. I want to talk a little bit more big picture. You were always viewed as a cornerstone of the Royals pitching staff. Did that did that cause pressure for you to live up to that uh, viewpoint? Um, you know, to be completely transparent with you, um, yeah, the year after I signed my extension, um, I I tried to you know play to that for a couple months, and I had a really bad year in two thousand nineteen. Um, but that wasn't so much the pressure that was, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like confidence in my talent. I just, for whatever reason, it wasn't going my way. And it's really easy to put, you know, bad starts, turn a bad one bad start into another. Um, I found a way out of that mentality towards the end of that year. 2020 was trying for all of us, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and in so many ways, um, but, you know, we all we all got through it. And this year, um, you know, I, I really worked on myself this last offseason. Um, baseball really 
kind of rejuvenated me and, uh, you know, a lot of changes in my life. And, um, you know, I, I got out there and, you know, the only thing that mattered was winning <laughs> when I got, as soon as I stepped foot in spring training, the only thing that mattered was winning the second spring training. And, uh, no, that, well, no, actually I'm thinking, I'm thinking backwards because 2020 was, we could cut this out, right? Yeah. So like as soon as, as soon as I stepped foot in spring training in 2021, it was, you know, the only thing that mattered was winning. There was, there was nothing else. Um, and when you kind of have that mentality, I mean, when that's all that matters, um, you leave no, no stone left unturned. You, you go until you can't go anymore, which is what I did. <laughs> I'm really proud of that effort too. Yeah. Um, it sucks how it, how it, how it kind of, kind of ended for me this season, but um, I'm proud of the way I went about it this year. And, um, that was what you saw, man. Um, and you know, it's tough when you're young, um, and, and, you know, you got that, that kind of, I don't, I don't want to say pressure or, or, or even, you know, it's, it's a huge blessing to be financially set like that. And I, I took a lot of pride in that. And I think I sometimes took too much pride. You had a, a great start to the 21 season. Uh, from a, from a wins and losses and from the way you pitched from that standpoint, how frustrating was it once again to have arm issues derail that? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it sucked, man. It, it was tough, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little more long in the tooth than I was in 2014 and 2016. Um, I, I don't bounce back the way I used to. And, um, you know, I, it wasn't for a lack of trying and it wasn't for a lack of, preparing and it was not for a lack of protection from the coaching staff man I uh they uh they took care of me and um I begged them to give me the blank and ball and um they gave they gave me the ball when I asked them asked them to and sure maybe I'm paying for it physically right now but I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything back man I'm very proud of the way I went about it this year and um I'm thankful for everybody who you know helped me get to this point in my life mentally and physically you know, you talked about the fact that you signed in a contract extension and some people um, have talked to you about the the business side of it. To me, you always seem to get past the business side of it. Yeah, you made good money pitching a baseball. And, and I think we can agree that playing baseball is not the most important job in the world. But you, you may have settled for less. I'm not even sure if I'm asking the question right, but were you able to look past the business side and say, hey, I'm making plenty of money. I want to do what I enjoy doing in a place I enjoy doing it? Oh, of course, man. Um, gosh, I don't even think about what could have been. Because truth be told, man, I could have came out in 2017 and had a, you know, horrible year. And, um, you know, it, <laughs> there's if you could if yourself to death. And I'm so happy that I that I stayed in KC. Um, it, it, it was such a wonderful place for me. And um, now to answer your question, I, I don't think about that. I separate that completely, um, which kind of contradicts your previous question. But that, that's a little different story. I think uh, once you have it, it's really hard to think about when you have a bad game. You know, it's really hard to think about, man, I, I really cost my team today more so than, you know, just X's and O's and but uh, no, nah, my heart's in my heart. My heart's in Kansas City. I love that place. It'll always be a piece of my heart. So um, the business side is completely irrelevant there. 
I don't, I don't think that contradicts at all because what I'm talking about with the last question was, you know, the business side, let's, let's say, and I'm not going to, I don't remember what your contract was and I don't need to know what your contract was. Let's say it was for 15 million a year. Let's just say it was 15 million a year and you could have signed for 20, but you signed for 15 because you were happy in Kansas city and Kansas city was where your heart was. Once you had, once you had that, the, the, um, the, the previous question was, uh, you know, did you feel the pressure of having signed that $15 million contract? So I think your answer to those work very well together. Yes, you felt pressure and you felt bad when you let your team down, but it wasn't because of the money. It was because of your love for your teammates. That, that, I couldn't have put that more perfect. Okay, good. If I write, if I write in your book, we just write it as if you said it. So, uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, we talked about the, the run to championships in, in 14 and 15, back-to-back American League pennants, World Series in, in 2015. For all the individual stuff, let's put that to the side. I, I know that I know the answer to this, but I've got to ask it. Was going through all the individual trials that you had, the injuries and all, everything, was it worth it to win the World Series in 2015? Oh, hands down, man. Hands down, I'd, I'd do it all over again the exact same way. Um, it uh, it did. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of work and a lot of mental work. Um, you know, I I I play a game for a living, but and, and I understand that. But there is a lot of sacrifice and dedication that goes into being able to go out and play that game, right? Um, and at a high level and at a consistent level. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trade a second back. I wouldn't, you know, I had none of those rice bucket drills after TJ, none of those, you know, none of the arm care, none of the, you know, Ryan Stoneberg trying to get me to get my core strengths better, which is still not at its best. Uh, but none of that, man, I, I, I'm thankful for all of it and I do it all over again. One of the, one of the things that I think most about as I look back on your career, excuse me, in, in 2014 and 2015, was the impact of Giordano Ventura. And, and you and I have talked about your relationship with him and it's well, it's well known. You changed your number this year to wear Ace's uniform number. Just talk about your friendship with him. You know, your friendship while he was still living and your tribute to him, the way you've, you've pitched since he passed away and what that means to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he, uh, he's been gone for Gosh, it's been four plus years, and um, he, he's a he's a he's a key part in those runs, man. And um, you know, like like all brothers, each and every one of us butt heads with each other. But at the end of the day, we tie up the loose ends and um, you know show each other how much we love each other. You know, no matter what, that's family. Um, and he he was a special part, man. And honestly, the dude incentivized me even further to stay in Kansas City. It would have been, gosh, it's, you know, you could F yourself to death, right? But it would have been real cool to be, you know, his number two to his number, to, you know, and he, him be the ace of that staff for years and years to come. Uh, it didn't work out that way, and, and it, it, the tragedy ensued. Um, but he's forever in our memory, and he's, he's forever, um, you know, he's never going to be forgotten, man. He's, he's, we're going to make sure of that. And, um, you know, our love and, um, 
you know, thoughts continue to go with his family back in the DR. Um, that's bigger than baseball. That's bigger than the brotherhood. And, you know, yeah. who are we, who are we to make it just about, just about ourselves and, and the game and, and the off the field relationship. A mother lost her son, man. And um, a grand, a grandfather lost it, lost his grandson. So that's, um, that's, that's something that we always got to keep in mind. And um, even on our, our toughest days out at the yard, you know, um, there's somebody going through something a lot bigger than, than what we got going on. And uh, she's very close to us still in our hearts. And, um, you know, we'll make sure that she feels that. And I, I've heard the story that you talked to her before you made the uniform switch and that she was all in favor of it. Whose idea was it? Was it your idea to take that number? I know it, it was started <laughs> with Carlos Santana wanting to be continue to be number 41, which is your old number. But when the idea came, you could switch to 30. Was that your idea and you approached Jordano's mother? Where did that come from? Oh, no. That, I think that would be too assuming of me. Um, it actually came from within the organization. And that that person actually asked to uh, not not ever be identified for that. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, Rene Francisco, um, He's in our, our, one of our front office members asked her for me. That was really the only thing that I, that I asked for the, everybody, you know, wanted me to, uh, thought it'd be really cool. And, um, you know, I thought it would be cool too, but I was very apprehensive at first. Um, you never want to bring attention to yourself and, uh, you know, but I, at the end of the day, about two weeks went by and I was like, this would be really cool. And I'll go pitch my butt off knowing that I got his number on my back and hopefully I could do his number justice. So that that's how it all went down. That's pretty cool. Um, you are on the mound and I've watched you for a dozen years, almost a dozen years now. You're pretty intense dude on the mound. But one of the things that, that I'm most impressed with every time you leave the mound for the final time in a game, if it's the end of an inning and you know, you're going to be, you know, relieved, there's going to be a new pitcher the next inning, or especially if you're taken out during an inning, you always look to the home plate umpire and thank him. I I just, you're the only guy I know who does that. First of all, why do you do that? And where did that come from? Yeah, I always used to get made fun of for tipping my hat to those guys, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I just, I, I view it. Yeah. Jeremy Guthrie used to wear me out, but I, I view it as a, uh, just a sign of respect, knowing that we're both trying to get it right. Um, that's a lonely place to be if you're having a bad game as an umpire. Um, and I, I think there's been like three times where I didn't tip my hat and, uh, you know, you're going to run into days like that, uh, when somebody's having a bad day and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's just a sign of respect, man, understanding and recognizing that we're both out kind of in a coliseum and people are going to make fun of you and people are going to, you know, jar you a little bit with some words and you know we're in this together at the end of the day baseball is one giant family and if you're out on that field you deserve respect so you've had teammates even give you grief over that <laughs> yeah there was one time uh, i think it was like 2014 um when i was uh when i was uh coming out of a day game and i couldn't get the umpire's attention so i was in the dugout i was like i think it was jerry meals i was like jerry jerry and I step up and I tip my hat and he tips his hat like, what the heck are you doing, dude? <laughs> and Jeremy, Jeremy Guthrie, Jeremy Guthrie actually said uh, he does. He, I mean, he did that for like three straight weeks. 
where he he was like, hey, Duff, hey, Duff. <laughs> Every time he saw me, I'm like, oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's a good bite. You can hit up Guthrie about that one, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I will do that. Um, all right. I got to ask Such you. Such a good yeah. teammate, man. As I as I mentioned, I'm I'm a Royals fan. Yes, I'm a I'm a reporter. And when the game, my wife gets really mad at me, I'll come home from a game and she'll say, man, it's too bad the Royals lost. And I will say after the seventh inning, I'm rooting for whoever's ahead because rewrites are difficult. And especially uh-huh. especially walk off wins when you guys come from behind and, you know, like walk off with a two run homer when you're down one. I got to rewrite really, really fast. But I am a Royals fan. So I just got to ask you, your, your, what are your chances of re-signing with the Royals as a free agent? I know the Dodgers were your, your boyhood team. And so I was excited. I probably, I think I texted you when you got traded there saying, you know, here comes another postseason, something like that. But what are your chances of, of re-signing with the Royals for the 2022 season? Man, I, I'm, I, I still, you know, full disclosure, man, I still got to get this elbow checked out um I think uh I know for a fact that I want to end my career in Kansas City I do not see my career ending anytime soon um I think it would be assuming of me to even insinuate that um Kansas City would want me back at this point I you know clearly you you know the way I feel about that city um yeah and I'll be fighting uh, you know, what's the, what's the word nailing to, to, to at some point get back there. Um, and I, I can 100% see myself back in a Royal Jersey, uh, before, before I take it to take it to the crib and become a rancher out here. So, um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's time will tell, um, you know, truth, truth be told, man, I, the, the group that I'm with right now, um, is just, exceeded my expectations through the roof. I, I truly do love uh, Los Angeles. I love being a Dodger um, more than just the sentimental factor of it. Um, there's not a single ego in that clubhouse. Um, and they, they could very well have some egos with the amount yeah. of accolades that they've attained throughout their careers. Um, and I love it here. I, I do. So time will tell. It'll, it'll be interesting to, you know, see what happens, see if they want me back. Um, but I fully expect to be back in Kansas City at some point if they will have me, if, if, they'll, if they'll give me that honor. All right. Um, real quick scouting report. Uh, this has been an interesting year for the Royals. They've had, obviously, the big four, Singer, Bubich, Lynch, and Coar, who are all drafted in the first round of the 18 draft. Then you got Brad Keller, who's the same age, got Asa Lacey, got Carlos Hernandez, who's the same age. And this year we had two new guys after you left make their debuts, John Heasley and Angel Zerpa. They got a lot of young pitchers. What's your scouting report uh, on this pitching staff? I see good things on the horizon. Um, I've been impressed by uh, Angel Zerpa um, since, since spring training. Um, it, it's crazy, man. He, he's so young. Um, you know, big, bad Brad, he's, he's, a, he's, he's going to have a great year next year. Um, I mean, I could go all the way down the list. You just said everybody, but I think that they're going to be set up for a long time. They have a, they have a King's ransom of, of arms, um, and power arms, um, with really, really great stuff. And, you know, every one of those, those, those young bucks, um, 
have an idea of how to carry themselves um, more so than I did at their age or even three years older than their age. They've been brought up the right way. Um, the Royals have brought them up the right way. And you could tell that, that all of them, you know, have, have a good group of leaders within their families. Um, so it's exciting, man. Royals fans should be very excited. And um, it's going to be fun to watch for, for years to come. All right. You are approaching, I don't want to make you feel old, but you are getting old. <laughs> you are approaching your 33rd birthday uh, this fall. And um, yet you still seem like a kid. You think that's, you, you feel like a kid. Uh, physically? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not physically. <laughs> no, man. Look, I, 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 I do my best to, to really get a kick out of life. And, um, you know, more so now than ever, um, really kind of come into my own, uh, really at peace with who I am. Um, and I, I try to find a way to have fun every day. And uh, I think, you know, you got to treat life like an amusement park, man. I don't care how old you are. That's how I feel. All right. And that's a good transition into my last question. And you knew I was going to ask you. Uh, even if even if I hadn't sent you the questions ahead of time, you knew I was going to ask you about this. Talk about it's a bear suit, Joel, and give us the background for that. And then talk us about about that exchange with Joel Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, man, I my, my favorite TV show uh, was Workaholics when they still had, uh, they were still they were still airing episodes. Uh, I got so many laughs out of those guys and they had an episode where. Um, one of the characters, Blake, wore a bear suit. And I was like, oh, I want a bear suit. So I went on <laughs> Amazon. Why not? I mean, whatever. Uh, some people buy cars. You know, some people put put money in stocks and I buy bear suits. So I uh, got, got one on Amazon. I think it was like 250 bucks. Um, wore it around in the clubhouse and people uh, seemed down. And um, we had a couple of dudes have costumes in there. And uh not even for rookie dress up, just to kind of keep people on their toes. And yeah, uh, yeah man, uh, they dared me in 2014 to go out behind Moose when he was doing uh, the ALCS um, interview. I think it was with John Smoltz. And I went back there and I like checked like my imaginary watch and I dipped out. And the next year, it just kind of became a thing. Every time we clinched, I wore it. And uh, Joel grabbed me across from the clubhouse and he was like hey duff come here and there was no cameras around and then i got to him and all of a sudden he, it's like he pulled a mic out of thin air and there's a camera just out of nowhere i'm like all right so it's like, <laughs> yeah man joel goldberg oh man he's he's a classic he's one of he's one of the really good guys in baseball and, uh, and that's something that we'll be forever tied together with <laughs> but you know the thing that the to me, the thing that's the funniest part is not that you're wearing a, a bear suit in the clubhouse is he said, and, and I'm going to encourage anybody who's listening to this to go to Google and, and just type it's a bear suit, Joel, and you will see the video, but it was not, you weren't laughing. You weren't cutting up. You were just like, he's, you were just being Danny. And, and he says, so what about this costume? It's a bear suit, Joel. Just so matter of factly. And, and he just, he, he didn't know what to do. It was, it was class. Was that planned or did that, was that just you being you? Nah, man. I, like I said, that was completely unscripted. I didn't even know there was going to be a camera there. 
was that was back in my in my younger days too, um, where there may have been some champagne um, around us. So I was just so in shock, and uh, that, that a camera appeared out of a locker. It seemed, I honestly, it seemed like it came out of nowhere, and we just rode rode with it. And then Joel yeah. asked me what I was wearing, and I I, I don't know. I should have said like <laughs> I should have said oh, this is a Giorgio Armani. Um, <laughs> right off right off the runway <laughs> but, yeah uh yeah hindsight's 2020 but i think i think that's uh that's that's, that's going to be something that ties us together forever man <laughs> yeah i think so too i always like to wrap up the the interviews with uh opportunity for for my guests to say two things one talk about your family i know you said you're an only child talk about the influence of your of your parents uh extended family yeah, uh, they mean everything to me, man. Uh, you know, when when we should think about it every single day because it would make us work harder. But especially when you're down and out, you, you don't really understand how many shoulders you're standing on until you really need those shoulders to get out, you know, those people to get on their tippy toes for you. Um, you know, this job is stressful for me. It's also a stressful job for any parent, especially for kids coming out of high school. Um, you got to grow up quick and you, you hit some bumps along the road. Um, so my mom and my dad, you know, they took me everywhere in high school. They, they got me seen, you know, they filled my cup with encouraging words. Um, and they busted their butt so that I could, they could pay for tournaments for me to go when, you know, we weren't playing in high school season. So, um, I owe them everything, man. And, you know, I had I have a great set of grandparents. My grandmother passed away last year, but we uh, we they would they would drive. I mean, gosh, my AAA debut is in Albuquerque and, and they, they drove from Santa Barbara to Albuquerque because um, grandma didn't like. Oh, my mom didn't like flying, but um, I and grandma loved road tripping, but they drove 12 hours to just come see me pitch and drove home. I mean, how rare is that? You know, yeah. it's 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 you see a lot of situations where parents don't even come see their, their kids play for maybe all but once a year. And I had the luxury of having some pretty caring people in my life. So I wouldn't be here without them. All right. Last question. I always wrap up with this one. You can interpret it however you want. Um, I, I share this with a lot of people. My favorite response to this in the 100 plus episodes I've done was was Chiefs Hall of Famer. Bobby Bell, when I asked him the question, what's your legacy? And he said, I want to live my life so the preacher don't have to lie at my funeral. So I will ask you, <laughs> you you've been through a, a lot. You've, you've had some highs, you've had some lows. Danny Duffy, what's your legacy? I think that it's okay. I think, I think my legacy, I would hope, and I hope this lives on longer than I'm around on this planet, is that I proved that it's okay to be a flawed human if you try to clean up your mistakes, if you try to clean up your flaws. Every single one of us has flaws, regardless of if they want to talk about them or not, which is, is okay too. Um, but it's, it's okay to be flawed, you know? Um, it's okay to, you know, whoever you, you follow with your religion, um, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Jesus guy. Um, and, you know, I think I, I walked that line pretty, but I, you know, at the end of the day, I worship a perfect God. And I also know that I am not him. Right. 
So, you know, um, there'll be days where I, I have, you know, full disclosure, I've cussed like a sailor and I've made some horrible mistakes and I've done some things that I'm, I'm not proud of, but every single one of us has. And I think my legacy would be that if you work on yourself um, and, and you really make sure that you um, live your next day better than the last day, it's okay to be flawed. It's okay. It's, 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 it's acceptable. And um, I think I've proven that on a pretty grand scale. Right. May not be as succinct as Bobby Bell, but that was a really good answer, man. So thanks, man. I'm long winded. I'm long winded, but I'm passionate about that because I see a lot of people, you know, they're their own worst enemy and they beat themselves up for far too long, which I actually did and uh, still am doing at times. But, you know, you got to you got to be you got to be okay to be not okay sometimes. Yeah. Great, great way to put it. Well, my friend, it's good to catch up with you. Uh, you know, look forward to whether it's next season or sometime in the future, coming into the Royals Clubhouse, giving you a hug, telling you I love you. And it's just, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for, for spending some time with us. Hey, man, all love right back to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.